0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host Steve Malkin. Today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as, live each day like it's your first. NSFW 18 slash 21 plus escort site, thelovelycorine.com. Member site, thelovely.me. Contact, email at thelovelycorine.com. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, lovely Corinne.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Corinne, it is wonderful to be speaking with you. Can we start with the standard question, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself?
1: Okay. um, There's no one standard answer to that. So Mm -hmm. uh, in online social settings like Twitter, then I'm Corinne. If I'm, sometimes I'm out in public as Corinne. Uh If I'm out in public and I think there are people who know me both as Korean and as my, because Korean is, is a pseudonym, a working name. Yes. Uh, so if I'm out in public where people who know me as Korean and there's also people who don't know me as Korean but know my other name, then I have an intermediary name for the um, people who know me as Korean that sounds a little bit like... Um, a nickname that my family and friends use so that doesn't sound out of place and then if I'm out in public and I know it gets very confusing (laughs) (laughs) and if I'm out in public where um, there's no Korean knowers and it's only Mm -hmm. uh, people who know me through other facets then I'm my other name.
0: (laughs) Wow that must get confusing at times for sure.
1: Oh, it is really, really difficult sometimes. Um, Corinne is a very fun person to have out in public, Mm -hmm. and so I'd like to be her uh, um, sometimes. But you do need to have an idea of who is going to be in that space um, or scout the room before you walk in. I'm
0: sure that you would find that there are moments where you walk into a room and uh, you're expecting to be your normal you, And you might catch the glimpse of someone across the room who sees you that you may have met professionally, who has that sort of little bit of a moment where they go, I didn't expect to see you here. I need you to pretend that we don't know each other.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. So when I walk into a room, I have to decide which version of me I'm going to be, version A, B or C. And um, most people who, most of my clients or my Korean clients will know that I, I don't just bowl up and, and say, G'day, mate. How Nice to see you. Since, since, since last night. Last night was great, wasn't it? Oh, and um, no, so I, I don't... If I see someone I know in public, and I do, you know, even at the supermarket or wherever, um, yep, don't even... Acknowledge, make eye contact, whatever. Unless they approach and say hi, how are you doing? And hopefully, hopefully, they don't say hi, Corinne, how are you doing in a crowded room? Because mm. um, you know, if my if my stepbrother's standing next to me and say, why did he call you that name for? Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I have so many questions. Can I start with this one? And please, I, I apologise for my lack of knowledge.
1: No, go for it.
0: In, in a in a work context, are you? What what do you call yourself? A sex worker, an escort? What's the appropriate term?
1: In in um in public sort of media settings, I'd say sex worker, uh, just because it's the politically correct thing. Um, escort would be because uh, sex work is a very very broad church, and there's yeah. many different ways of working, and even within the um, the styles or, or types of work, even within that, there's different ways of working. So um, to narrow it down, I'm an escort Oh, and, a, and camming. I do cam. I'm a cam girl as well. Um, yep. Within that, within the escort, I'm a GFE style escort. Yep. Hmm.
0: Okay. And for those that don't know what that means?
1: Ah, GFE, girlfriend experience. Uh, it's broken cool. down into two parts. So GFE or PSE, which is porn star experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so GFE is, is more a, a friendly, connected. PSE is a bit more hardcore
0: Strap yourselves in, kids. We're going to learn so much today. <laughs> it is, this is a, a unique thing because I'm sure, I, and, and Corinne, you would meet many people um, that, you know, this is my first time I've never done this before. Yes. You know What does it mean? And I'm sure you would also meet people that are, uh, I know how all this works, everything's great. Yeah. Such and such and all, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. So if we can, for our conversation, when we do talk about your work. Yes. Um. Just treat me like I know nothing. Because to be pull, fair, yeah, I know nothing.
1: <laughs> no worries, and just pull me up if I if I verge into uh, territory that you think, uh, um, yeah, just ask. That's me. okay.
0: No, mm. please. I, I also don't want to just make it about uh, your job mm. because I want to know about you as much as you you know can share or, or tell us in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because this is about you. Yeah, and, and they may. I know they are the same thing. That you, as you just explained, in how you address yourself. Going into a room, it's a very complex thing.
1: It's a very complex thing. It's interesting too that Corinne, uh, she's only part of my uh, personality and id. And um, mm-hmm. and so that's why I use her a lot in, in public situations because I'm quite shy and introverted in real life. Sure. And uh, Corinne's not. So I just take the parts of my personality that are, are useful wow. for work and they are Corinne. And um, and then when I'm not Corinne, I'm, I'm all of me.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah, to, to hear, you know, around how you play. I guess a character, your work person.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a lot like a character. Um, I got interviewed once. Uh, someone was doing a documentary on um, uh, uh, performance artists, and they said, "I would like mm-hmm. to interview you know, cause you know, because you do perform. You know, what you do is a, a type of performance." And my gut reaction to that was, "No, I don't perform." But when I thought about it harder, I was, thinking, "Yeah, well, I do put on a performance." Um, and I have an audience of one, maybe two, yeah. and, um, I'm taking them on an emotional journey. So, yeah, it is a, is it a performance, yeah. Do you find
0: in the moment, like, do, do you have to check yourself? Is it, is it, you can get lost in that performance?
1: Hmm. Um, not really uh there's pretty pretty firm boundaries you know um yeah i need to keep my personal life separate from my work life and it gets sure. a little bit close like some clients know where i actually live and and some clients know about my pets and, and my bad neighbors and things like this and <laughs> <laughs> i i'm having trouble with bad neighbors. and um and, and sometimes there's like a emotional boundary that gets close to being crossed, like you get quite connected with someone. Mm. And it's it's hard to sort of... It, you, yeah. Um, and when I'm with a client as well, it's it's different to being with a partner because you're uh, I enjoying mean, you yourself and everything like that, but you're also a little bit external to the situation because you're constantly monitoring it. Mm. Uh, and that helps keep that personal emotional boundary in check a little bit as well
0: you mentioned before uh that you know if your stepbrother heard someone call you corinne that that would be a weird thing how do you describe your experience of family
1: my family are awesome sauce um i don't have any uh, but i do live in a state where none of them live (laughs) i moved here (laughs) partly (laughs) for that reason (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> I love them when they're over there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, they're, they're wonderfully smart, clever, funny, um, loving people. Mm. Um, and it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit that they can't know what I do for work. Yep. Uh, they all think I'm still a consultant, uh, which in some ways I am. It's just a yep. different type of dealing with people. Uh, um, but it's, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, and most of them would be, Absolutely fine, and the ones that aren't fine would just care not to know. It wouldn't be a problem, but it, um with them. Yeah, so it, it's it 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 uh, something that I regret a little. That's probably the biggest regret actually with me and my work is that I, mm-hmm. I can't be open with my family about it.
0: Is that um, is, is you not them not knowing? Is that you? protecting them or protecting yourself or both?
1: No, mostly protecting them. Mostly. Particularly my mum, who is elderly and not all that well, and would be um, easily uh, uh, caught up with the anti-sex work, radical feminist um, religious uh, okay. arguments that are used, yep. um, which are very emotive. And yes. uh, they, they just don't need to have to deal with that. Yeah.
0: The, the conversation around sex workers, full stop, is something, in, in my limited view, and I say this as a, you know, white, middle-class male, married, two kids, you know, never engaged the services of, mm. um, it seems to be something that is more open from a... And that could just be my media experience in seeing people talk about it and those sorts, but it seems to be something that people can more willingly accept slash discuss though the engagement of services tends to still be fairly closed door,
1: mm. do you think? Mm, yeah, and it is getting um, some more, you know, normal conversations around it now. Mm. Um, I think that's changing, which is lovely. But yeah, um, certainly we're, we are a hidden away industry still. And and that's really to protect our clients who um, mm. you know, are people of all works, walks and walks of life and all types of people. And, you know, some people would lose their job just for having spent time with me. Um, you know, so we need to keep them safe as well. Uh, but I, I, it's, it's
0: 2016. Yeah. I, I know that that is the case. It strikes me as <laughs> a little bit crazy that someone can go and buy a set of tyres. Yep. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Someone can go and buy adult products from a sex shop. That's okay. Unless
1: you're part of the Liberal Party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well true that might be something that needs to turn up in a brown paper envelope to your house or something like that Indeed. Uh, but there's so many things that are mm. acceptable and accessible and and those sorts of even you know we, we think to America where the legalization of cannabis and those sorts of things it's okay mm. to smoke a joint mm. in mm. some of those contexts illegal in Australia still that's a whole other conversation Definitely. but then in Australia sex workers, can operate legally within the bounds of the law, different laws, different states. Exactly. But that the perception of the people who employ those services, mm. crazy, it strikes me as crazy. It
1: is quite bizarre. It is really bizarre. There's still a, a bit of, of perception. I remember I was um, uh, <laughs> I was being interviewed to be allowed into a swingers party group. It was a whole thing. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, we were in that. Yes,
1: <laughs> and yeah. So it was a very, it's a very closed group, um, swingers party group in Hobart. And so they interviewed new people who were going to it. And at the end of it, because they knew I was a sex worker, I was going screen, mm-hmm. and, and they said, "But your skin is so lovely." And what they were meaning was, they assumed that because I was a sex worker, I was drug dependent, and therefore, and and wasn't it surprising that my skin was still in really good condition? Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow Look, <laughs> I, again I understand that there is an element of sex work where that's not just a perception that's the reality oh yeah
1: no there are very definitely are subsistence workers but there are also lawyers and accountants who are fun- high functioning drug addicts as well yeah,
0: yes yes um, what's the rationale the reason behind needing to be interviewed to do or join, go to a swingers party. Is it all discretion? It's <laughs> all his? discretion.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of hype. there was um, in terms of Hobart. You know, Hobart's not that really.
0: It's not that big.
1: No, it's not that big. Well, that's one thing actually. It's it's not that big. Um, and so you you are going to see people who you knew in normal life suddenly in a very different way. Um, but also because there are some high profile people involved in it as well.
0: In in that context, were you being interviewed because a, a client wanted you to be a part of that, or was that your personal life wanting to be involved in that, or you've been approached professionally?
1: Um, no, I, I. It was interesting because I said because I, I had some clients who would like to do that kind of thing, mm. and they said no, no, no. Um, couples have to be re-interviewed, so. For every new client that you wanted to, take. I'd have to do another wow. interview. Yes. Um, no. I was I was going as Corinne, but it was more a that was a, a crossover between personal and private life. Actually, um, my my normal persona would probably yes. be too introverted to to even find a swinger's party interesting. Um, but Corinne, because she doesn't have that introversion layer, mm-hmm. um, yeah, quite yeah. that would be quite cool. Mm. Wow, that's it is that's amazing. It is. It's really interesting to me that I've I've lived forty years of, forty well, eight years of my life, um, being so shy and introverted, and all it took was to have another version of me that I could just use sometimes to get over that.
0: I, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. How?
0: And and I appreciate you. There may be delicate stuff around this question. Sure. How does the introverted, seemingly innocent you (laughs) decide, okay, let's give this sex work thing a go?
1: Sure. Well, I worked really informally and ad hoc when I was at uni, as many Mm -hmm. people do. Um, And in my younger years, I was very ad hoc in everything I did. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my life. (laughs) Um, and then I went off and did the socially acceptable senior engineering consultant uh, mm. thing for however many years, decades. And compl- you
0: literally built bridges.
1: Yes, yes. And then completely burnt out, exhausted, getting really yeah, sick, wow. working 13-hour days, seven days a week. And mm. um, and so, right, I need to take a year off. And I was literally stacking shelves at on my year off, because it was the most wonderful thing. All I had to do was open a box, see if that product was on the shelf, if there was enough of it, put some more stuff up, close the box, get another box. No response. You
0: romanticizing shelves.
1: Oh, it is. It was so therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked around. I wasn't sitting at a desk. I had to move. Of course, it yeah. was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, taught us chit-chatting to people about nothing uh, yep. that had no meaning or consequence. It was wonderful. And um, this was back in the days of Chat Roulette. I don't know if you remember Chat Roulette?
0: I do remember it, yes. yeah. I,
1: if our listeners don't remember Chat Roulette, it was a website made by a Russian teenager. And so it, it showed your webcam um, and a, a random strangers which you could flick through. And uh, so when I was working in my consulting role, I I had multiple monitors at my desk. One monitor was set aside just for chat roulette. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Or random dicks. Random dicks. As it really used to be. Yeah,
1: yeah. There were some amazing things apart from the dicks. Like I'm still good friends with with people i met on chat roulette. Yeah, yeah. uh, So that, all these random dicks actually on chat roulette (laughs) was what got me started back. Into webcamming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, you know, because I was getting mood with all the dicks on chat roulette. Um, and then.
0: At work, yeah, casually.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, the sexy secretary, office worker thing going on. <laughs> and um, so then I, while I was having my year off, continued on that, went down the path of webcamming for fun. Thought well, while I'm doing this for fun, started to make, do it for profit. Started making some money, and thought well, I've got a year off. Why don't we have a go at this um, exporting thing, but do it properly, run it as a business, and um, you know, test the market, see, um, watch, what sort of uh, line of service would be most profitable, and what I feel most comfortable fitting in with, mm-hmm. and it uh, went from there.
0: And here we are today.
1: Yes. <laughs> what, what for
0: you is a source of strength amidst this?
1: Um. I, I don't know if it's a source of strength. I guess it is a source of strength. I. I um. I'm involved with so many people's lives and bringing them um, happiness. Like my job is about making people happy in one way or another, and. Um, it's terribly uplifting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm about empowering people and um, letting them experiment and giving them empathy and and letting them full, feel their full range of emotions. Um, and it's it's gobsmacking um, to me sometimes how how um, happy you can make people feel, and that just that flows back at you. It's uh, mm-hmm. like when, um, like when you're getting a massage, there's uh, or being touched, there's um, changes that are done to your brain chemistry, or dopamine particularly. And yep. but it works for people who are giving touch as well. So uh, masseuses or people who are giving a massage will will have those same brain chemical changes. And I kind of feel it's a little bit the same with sex work. Like I'm giving people happiness, and as a result, I'm also my happiness levels are raised.
0: Well, I, I would think that's fair, yeah. given that the touch levels, the the, the empathetic thing. It, it's been said that um, sex work is, a mu- is as much being someone's uh, lover as it is being someone's therapist. Yes. I would imagine that you get to do a lot of listening to people mm. uh, when you meet with them. Mm,
1: definitely so. And I do a lot of bookings that aren't sexual too. I do just cuddle bookings yeah. where I just hold people for an hour. Um, and I do social. Oh, that's amazing. Ah, oh, they're wonderful. They are brilliant. They're so lovely. Um, and oftentimes, I think people book me for sex, but it sex is an adult way of getting touch and yeah. getting closeness and connection. You know, yeah. when when we're children, we can just go and ask our mum for a hug. Or, but when you're an adult, and especially if you're not in a relationship, or if the relationship mm. you're in isn't fulfilling that need in you. Um, you know, where else do you go? How, how do you get that human body wrapped around you feeling of closeness? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's not always amazing, but mostly it's amazing.
0: (laughs) I I can imagine it would be, um, look, again, it's 2016. Mm. We can live now in the bubble where we don't have to interact with people no. or it can be difficult to interact with people. Yes. Uh, so I would expect that, you know, the, 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 a simple touch, you know, a hand on the arm, those kinds of things. Exactly. Or seeking out the intimacy would be paramount for some people because they're not getting it mm-hmm. any other way.
1: No. And some people who are socially awkward or on the Asperger's mm-hmm. spectrum or in that kind of space... You know, they they crave it just as much as as people who don't have those issues. And um, and so, yeah, for them it might be just exploring what touch is for them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was, um, I think it got brought up on an Insight program recently on SBS uh, where they were looking at uh, people with disabilities and those sorts of things and they were talking about um, the need, the fact that they are still adult humans Mm. and have both touch needs yeah. uh, and some of them, uh, you know, sexual desire needs, whether they can function sexually or not, mm. they still have mm. a need and that quite often sex workers are the only people that fulfill that because nobody else wants to connect with them mm. in that regard.
1: Mm. Um,
0: that, when I was listening to that, watching that program, it really struck me with that kind of, of course moment that, not, not because I had written anybody off in that context, but it is very easy to remove the sexuality context from someone that is differently abled mm. uh, and and just forget that, oh, hang on, there's still a normal human there. Yeah. Whether they're in a chair because of accident, birth, whatever, there's still a desire to be with someone. Mm. And yeah, it, it was just something completely off topic that struck me as, as incredible, I guess, an extension of that, that need for for human touch.
1: People with disability definitely have needs and like you said yeah. they're, they're just human. Also elderly people you know just because you're getting old yeah. doesn't mean you lose your sexual drive uh, and your need for everything that's around sexuality um, you know nursing homes that's something that they're really having to deal with now
0: Yeah mm. well, as the population ages and hangs on yeah. Um, yeah Yeah. Wow Yeah. All these things I hadn't considered I'd be the worst sex worker in <laughs> Just not even thinking about stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a very, um, a very uh, tight skill set that you need to have to be able to yeah. do it well.
0: Yeah, I and mean, there's nothing tight about me.
1: <laughs> Don't say that when you're talking to a sex worker.
0: <laughs> Look, I'm sure there's something is but. Uh, what is it that you can't tolerate, Corinne?
1: Um, I cannot tolerate rudeness. And mm-hmm. when people don't treat me as a human, um, so uh, I have different screening methods, particularly with clients, mm-hmm. so and when people are, are contacting me. And if they don't, if they're to say, you know, can I book you yeah. when are you available, blah, 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 blah. Um, no, nah, flat out I don't even bother replying because they haven't acknowledged that I'm a human being, um, that I'm a person mm-hmm. just like them um, that has requirements and needs and just because they have a penis and money, that doesn't mean they get to see me. And it doesn't mean um, yeah. just because I'm a sex worker, I, I don't have the ability to um, make decisions and uh, run my own life and, and that I uh, have full control of what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my bugbear and it comes from both people who, are against, who don't like what I do and from clients who aren't really thinking about me that well. And
0: I Have s- any of them? Yes, I please.
1: see that also a little bit too when people are dealing with any kind of group who mm-hmm. they feel are problematic, like um, I guess if you're a person of colour and you're a racist, you, know, you don't treat that person of colour as a, as a person, you treat them as a colour. And, uh, yeah, so the lack of dealing with people as humans is my biggest there?
0: How do you deal with those people if they manage to slip through that net and, you know, they appear and...
1: My net's pretty good. Yeah, my... <laughs> my, my filtering system's pretty strong. Um, I've only ever had to uh, decline two bookings once they started. I walked out on one and wow. they kicked someone out and that's over four years. Uh, and they, they weren't anything... Dangerous. They were just annoying. Um, yeah, probably best not to annoy me when I've got PMS too. Probably that's <laughs> <can't imagine>. <laughs> No one. One chap walked in and, and didn't like like open the door and he walked in walked straight to bed sat down didn't even say hi didn't even you know yeah. why it was just like straight in the road. and that's fine some people have limited time and only mm. you know are there for a certain purpose and so he looks me up and down I said. Yeah, you're worth $200. And I just saw Red. On so many levels, I saw Red. And uh, so he just got yelled at for about 15 minutes. And if that's what he wanted from a booking, he probably actually got a free booking because I ended up kicking him out. And some people <laughs> have a yelling fetish, so it could have be been his thing. But you never know. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Gosh. Mm.
0: I, 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 yeah, it's... Yes. Wow. Mm.
1: There's a lot of misogyny that comes around in sex where, You know, people have a sense of entitlement. I can and, imagine. Yeah, yeah, and um, and they tend to be the loudest voices as well. So they seem mm. they for people outside the industry, those kind of clients would seem to be the whole of the whole of the clients. Whereas they're actually the minority, um, in my experience anyway. They're just very loud.
0: So what challenges you in your work?
1: Hmm not getting enough sleep. <laughs> sure. I actually the a really big challenge is finding a meal because I can't eat before I work and I'm often working quite late at night and and my day is time shifted because I'm a night owl anyway, so that's a perk of the job. I don't have to be awake before eleven. But that means I'm sort of having breakfast at lunchtime and lunch at dinner time. And so my dinner is off in the wee hours. And trying to find a food place that's open in Hobart. Yeah, past yeah. T- oh, I'm just rampaging the streets and I would <laughs> buy all the food if there was anything open at that time. <laughs>
0: Gosh. Yeah. The practicalities of it, this. It is the like practicalities. When you talk about them. Yeah makes so much sense mm-hmm.
1: it's a little thing a little things um challenging uh i guess people's opinions are challenging as well mm. um, you know they, they make assumptions like you know the people who assumed that i was a, a drug dependent because because i was a sex worker not because of any other reason or mm. um You know, or that I'm desperate or that I have no options or I just need an education and, you know, they can teach me to sew and that would be great. And I'm not even joking. There are actually um, rescue organisations in, I think they're in Victoria, that have um, sewing as a rescue um, method, which might be fine for sewing, might be therapeutic for some people, but it's not going to give you the same level of income and support that what you're currently... You're not going to be able to replace that work with sewing. Day to day practicalities, uh, because I work under a pseudonym. My ABN and uh, business name details are suppressed, and it's now impossible to do anything with them. I can't even get a post office box in my business name um, because Australia Post. Yeah, so it just. Trying to do business is impossible. And don't get me started on MyGov and OzKey. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> And if they bring in electronic voting, I'm just not going to fly. I don't know how that's going to work.
0: <laughs> oh, look, hopefully that's just a flight of fancy by uh, some impatient politicians and nothing more. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What's the most exciting or dangerous thing you've ever done?
1: Ooh, they're good questions. Um, Most dangerous thing I've ever done. Some people would say going to Chernobyl Power Station. Um, Mm. But it wasn't that. Although I'm pretty sure their radioactivity counter that they tested you with before you could leave the site wasn't working that day. So I might still be radioactive. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, walking the, the alleys of Kuala Lumpur at night by myself with no streetlights in an area wow. where there's no other white people. Um, and it was it was actually wonderful fun and the food was amazing. But um, so, mm. you know, people might think that was the most dangerous. Um, some people might think the most dangerous thing is walking into a stranger's hotel room, but um i don't know i think i'm pretty safety conscious the most exciting thing i've done probably beach Chernobyl noble power station (laughs) (laughs)
0: what what was the opportunity that presented itself there because yes that's it kind of well certainly was considered the most dangerous place on earth for a long time
1: Mm, mm. um when i travel i like to go off off track off the beaten track Mm. and um so I, I guess that's why it appealed to me. It appealed to me too, because I'm an engineer, so from the engineering perspective, uh, it was quite, really quite interesting. Um, and also from the social perspective, you know, I didn't realize that uh, Chernobyl, there was, there's a city of Chernobyl next to Chernobyl power station, and then there's Pripyat village where the workers lived. Um, and I didn't realize after the, um, the wars and whatnot through the Ukraine, uh, that Jews weren't allowed to live within 100 kilometers of the major city. And so Chernobyl city is just outside that 100 kilometers. zone. So it had a really big Jewish population. Mm. And so you're walking through this abandoned ruin of a city, and it's just full of synagogues. Wow. And it was really quite surreal, and it was a whole level of understanding that I just would never have got, and uh, despite uh, reading about it.
0: That's amazing. Mm
1: really interesting place people still live there um a lot of people a few people have moved back scientists live there two weeks one two weeks off mm.
0: <laughs> just watch the radiation off right it's
1: okay oh yeah, it's fine don't worry about it but the interesting thing that i never really knew either is that when um, chernobyl went critical and this has nothing to do with sex work but when chernobyl went critical um oh i didn't actually go fully critical uh the the roof of the power station had blown off and all it would have taken was uh for a, uh, water to fall onto the, um, the the burning mass for it to go into a supercritical mode and there was a rainstorm coming so while they were frantically helicoptering in barium and, and sand um, they're watching this rain cloud approach and at the uh, it did end up going around so they didn't have rain falling. but if the rain had have fell the 30 kilometer Uh, a hot zone, exclusion zone that's currently around Chernobyl would have been two-thirds of Europe. Wow. I know, right? That's just mind-blowing. And I wouldn't have known that. Are you serious? That's what what the documentary that they showed and what the guide told us, yeah.
0: That blows my mind. That's seriously. Yes,
1: yes, yeah.
0: That a bit of water falling on it could have taken out a fair chunk of Europe.
1: Yep. Man. Yeah, yeah. It was just nature's whim that a bit of wind blew that cloud around. Yeah. Um, And so that's the kind of travel I like to do because it, you know, explodes your mind.
0: As an understatement. Yes. Gosh. What reality TV show would you love to star in?
1: (gasps) All of them. I'm addicted (laughs) to reality TV. Any of them. Yep, I'd go on the housewives series, the Housewives of Hobart. Yep, totally. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, any sort of uh, real estate, house building reality TV. Um, Okay, yeah, block
0: selling houses. Yeah,
1: yeah, grand designs. Oh, got a thing for Kev. Um, Oh yes. Oh. I'm 100%
0: straight. Anything for Kev.
1: Oh yeah, no. I'm. am t- It's. It's my one moral failing, is that I'm totally addicted to reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm. I would not say that as a
0: moral failing necessarily. Kirby.
1: Oh well, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but I, I'm so into it that uh, I was actually before we started talking, I was watching mm. a Miami. Um, Property sales reality TV show.
0: Excellent. Good girl. Yes. Well done. <laughs> I have recently tripped over million-dollar listings. Oh,
1: the New York one or the LA mm-hmm. one?
0: I haven't got to LA yet. Oh. I am amazed. Yes. Amazed at this program. <laughs> Not least of which for the properties that they're selling. Oh, like, That no. is st- stunning like apartments on the the 40 something floor yes. in lower manhattan overlooking every freaking thing exactly uh, that drop for multiple millions like 10 15 20 million dollars incredible yeah. numbers mm. but then the guys that are selling them
1: they're like, so ah oh, yeah
0: where yeah. do they find these people
1: they're not real people surely
0: no no they cannot be <laughs>
1: like the biggest, the
0: saddest moment of my life, Karim, When it comes to television, you're right. Was uh, I love slash used to love uh, a television show? Uh, oh man, now I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it was kind of like South Beach Tow. So the premise was that here is um, some people they're in a towing business, a, right. a reclamation business, yep. and they will go and take get your car. Uh, and take it to the impound lot because you're overdue yes. in your payments. Yep. And all of the stuff that happens from that. Yep, I was so. I know 100%. this show that you're talking
1: about. Totally with you on it. It was wonderful. And somehow. Yes.
0: Yeah, somehow for the first 30, 50 episodes I watched, I missed the little title screen that happened just before the show started that said, um, these stories are based in fact. So the whole thing is effectively. Um, uh, like it might have happened, or this thing happened, we went and got a. a, a but everyone's actors; really? they're all ad-libbing and, and no. it just killed me. It killed
1: oh, me. Oh, I wish you hadn't have said that. Oh, that's all, disappointing. Now, yeah, we? yeah.
0: <laughs> it's because it's the most mind-blowing set of people. Mm. Like the the guy that runs it is a, uh, I think he's Mexican uh, or Mexican extraction, um, and his sister who is a, yes. a very large, very mouthy woman. Yes. Um, his daughter works there, yes. his cousin, yes. I think, who's a little short dude. Yep. And they, they pair him with this big, white, skinhead, muscly... That's,
1: yeah, I know the dude. I can't remember the no. name of it, it's killing me. It's, I want to say Lizard Lick Tone, but I think that's a different show completely.
0: No, it's another one in yeah. the same kind of thing, yeah. but not the same. No. Um, to, to learn that it was all fake, that they are just... But here's is... the scenario, they go, oh... Ruined
1: right. me. That's really disappointing.
0: Oh, in, in the worst way. Yes. Yeah. See, I would believe it if somebody said that Duck Dynasty is entirely fake. Oh, totally. Except that it's not. <laughs> I mean, I know they don't sit there and make duck calls. That's a given. We understand that. Sure. But they have made millions of dollars. Mm. Uh, and they do just, let's go and buy an ATV and go hunting and do crazy things. Mm. And talk about mm. God and all of mm. that. It's, it's mm. phenomenal. Um, now, I'm with you. I have a mm. very deep connection to reality television in a <laughs> sickening, sickening way.
1: It's... Um... Yeah, I, I particularly like sort of the Housewives things because it's mm. it's so over the top and it's so yep. a lifestyle that I could never imagine even mm. existing, let alone people living in and even though it is obviously edited and shot and the producers are, are um, egging them on for a certain yep. you know, explosion. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, The Hills was probably where I started my mm. reality TV.
0: That's fair. That's not a bad uh, sort of lineage there. Now, I have to ask you what is quite possibly the most important question that I've asked any person. (laughs) In the Real Housewives genre, what is your favourite installation?
1: (gasps) Well, I haven't seen much of Melbourne. (gasps) um, Wash
0: your mouth out.
1: I I don't have Foxtel. Um, I I only ever get to see Housewives of Melbourne when I'm on a plane. Uh, that's, that has a, a few episodes.
0: We need to remedy this. We do
1: need to remedy this.
0: Because, my Lord, it's incredible. Yeah.
1: And of, of, of all the ones that I've seen, I, I really like the Melbourne one, I think, quite well. Mm. Yeah.
0: I'm desperately looking for that. By the way, that is the correct answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> independent of subjective rubbish, Melbourne is the best. Um, I am really yes. looking forward to later this year, The Real Housewives of New Zealand. <gasps> Really? Hey bro. Oh. Yeah. It's a coming. It's a happening thing.
1: Whoa. That would be amazeballs.
0: So good, in fact, that at the lunch, a kind of audition, test lunch yes. where they had, I think, ten possible ladies right. that they were sitting down in, one of them stood up mid-meal, pointed a woman and said, I've slept with your husband. <laughs> I mean, how good is You're that? You're on the show,
1: love. So oh, are you. Check, and double check. <laughs>
0: Just yeah. To, oh dear, please. That's um. so good. I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> oh, it's going to be incredible.
1: <laughs> that is like lesson one oh one in how to get on a reality TV show. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if you make it that far, just do something, ab- just absolutely outrageous. You're in. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Done. Yeah. Instant Have seen- storyline.
0: Have you seen Unreal?
1: No.
0: Oh, look, 10 bucks a month. Stan, this isn't, this isn't an ad, people. This is, I really think this. Okay. 10 bucks a month. Sign up to Stan. The first month is free, so you don't even have to pay that. Yep. Um, it is a drama, a black comedy slash drama, on the set of a Bachelor-style show. <gasps> but from the, the view of the producers and the crew and those sorts of things oh, and how they manipulate the cast.
1: That sounds fantastic.
0: Spectacular. You will oh. never watch The Bachelor the same again.
1: Actually, I can't do The Bachelor. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of reality TV, but The Bachelor are just a cringe factor. I can't do it. Mm.
0: Well, at least of which you may actually see former clients pop up on <laughs> <Natural Red. laughs> yeah no, not him I've seen him
1: it's, it's sometimes a problem walking down the street because I I'll, I'm not, I'm really good with faces and not so good with names and mm. so I'll see someone walking towards me and I've got to try and think right I know the face I know I know this person how do, which version of me knows this <laughs> person <laughs> that's right you can harvest can you just take your shirt off so I yeah. can know oh, that is you <laughs> Yes. Mm.
0: What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months?
1: World domination. Um, Excellent. Sign me up. No. uh, I'm quite looking forward to a massive holiday through the Middle East. Great. Yes, I always take uh, a holiday over summer, and Mm. I generally try and spend Christmas in an Islamic country. Because I have a very unchristmas. Uh, yes, exactly. I have a dislike of Christmas, oh. and uh, so I'm looking forward to some uh, Middle Eastern countries. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a that's going to be a big thing. We're very excited about that. Um, sure. House renovations. People who know me will have heard at length the issues <laughs> with my house renovations, <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it doesn't seem like much on a world level. But um, it will it will be wonderful when they're
0: done. Are you doing it yourself or are you employing people to help
1: you? Oh, like an idiot, I'm doing it myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> correct, like an idiot, yes. correct. <laughs> I had to yeah. fix something up around yeah. the home at my place. I am my father is blessed with practical skills as is my brother. Mm-hmm. I am lucky to know which end of a hammer to hold. Mm. Uh, but to yet yeah, my wife and I together we achieved Without an argument, um, the refixing of some towel rails to the wall. Um, wow. That courtesy of the kids had gotten loose and all the rest. Yeah. I know it was unprecedented.
1: That that should be written up in a journal somewhere.
0: And I haven't told my wife this. She wanted me to help her fix we have a mixer tap that's leaking a little bit sometimes. And she said, oh, it's yep. really easy. It should be fine. And I, I just kind of went, no, that's where it's going to end us. Um, you know, we got through this part without fighting and that's okay. Yeah that will cause us to have a blue that I don't want to have. Yeah. So let us it's not leaking that badly. Let's do it later.
1: <laughs> that is a very wise move there. Very wise. It's taken me
0: 42 years <laughs> to be able to work out when to stop things <laughs> before they go sour.
1: <laughs> well, this is why being in your 40s is so wonderful. You oh, have all that underrated. life experience. Yeah, totally. You don't have any of the angst. And you have mm. a level of I don't give a shit. And yep. um, mm, mm. and you know when not to fix the mix attack.
0: Yeah, 40 is not the new 30. 40 is the new 40. Yeah. But goodness gracious me, you have a real benefit, wealth of experience to take into what you can choose to engage with and, yeah, all that stuff. Mm. Mm. Hey, Corinne. Mm. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today please know the things you've said are very special and you're highly valued thank you so much
1: thank you so much for talking to me
0: it's been absolutely marvelous are there uh, obviously you're a a tweeting person yes are there other social accounts you would want people to know about
1: Mm, not really twitter's the main one facebook gives me the irrits for so many reasons um and i have an instagram account that i wouldn't even bother with uh (laughs) <laughs> Although I will say too, for people who are listening along at home, if you jump onto my Twitter account, maybe not do it from work. Um
0: Fair statement. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's a lot of boobs. Um in amongst it. So just be walked.
0: <laughs> yes. It was I won't say it was confronting. It was there was some moments where I had to go, hang on, I can't open this on my screen with the kids around. No, that's, that's right. Not... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, my Twitter account is locked down as adult content, so no photos will show, so you have to click through to them. Um, yeah. But then you don't really always know whether it's going to be boobs or a guinea pig on the other end of the photo.
0: And at the same time, it's not all boobs, and you know, when you're in Hobart, that sort of thing. Yeah. You, you offer some lovely insight and some funny things, and a very engaging person on Twitter. Oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> I try not to go on Twitter rants too, too much. <laughs> Well,
0: there's times and places. Yeah,
1: yes, yes. Sometimes Steve Price and the Steve Prices of the world just bring it out of me.
0: This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at lovely Corinne is indeed human. If we talked about Steve Price, it was going to be another 30
1: minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not a topic we want to get onto.